Welcome back to Future of Film Podcast. My name is Alex Stoltz, and as regular listeners know, this is the show where we share insights and strategies from the pioneers, trailblazers, and disruptors who are shaping film's future. Today's episode explores the frontier of interactive filmmaking with filmmaker Paul Rashid and Ru Hao, the founder of Stornaway the development tool designed for interactive video production. Paul is the director of the recently released branching narrative feature film, The Gallery, which comprises over four and a half hours of video content. In this conversation, Paul and Rue share insights of how they took what was a 450 scene script into the finished feature film using Stornaway's bespoke platform. We also talk distribution and audiences as Paul reveals how releasing the film on gaming platforms provides him with a transformative direct-to-consumer route for his craft, something which I think is truly powerful. And by the way, if you want to find out more about Stornaway, check out stornaway.io. If you're enjoying the show or just want to find out more about Future of Film, head on over to the home of Future of Film. That's futureoffilm.live. Here you can dive into all five seasons of the podcast and explore some of our other FOF resources like The Summit and Incubator. And if you're not already, why not sign up for our monthly newsletter? We've recently revamped it to include not just the latest from FOF, but new opportunities in the space and our pick of the latest articles on the future of screen storytelling. So that's all of the Future of Film resources and news available now at futureoffilm.live. So that just leaves me to say thank you for listening. Now please enjoy this conversation with Paul Rashid and Rue Howe. And I started the conversation by asking Paul how he first discovered interactive filmmaking. Well, it was something that kind of found me. So uh, the last sort of linear film I made, the traditional film I made was called White Chamber, which which was a sci-fi um, film that released in, um, well, it played loads of festivals in 2018. And, you know, luckily, thankfully, sort of our, our lead actress, Sean McDonald, won a Scottish BAFTA. So that one kind of, it put me on the map for sort of other producers kind of thing around the world. So eventually, um, John Giwa-Amu of Red and Black Films based in um, in Cardiff, um, he sort of saw the film and, and really liked it and sort of reached out and said, look, I, I really like what you did with White Chamber. Um, I, I've got this, this sci-fi project, uh, which I'm producing with um, uh, with Jade Alexander. And, you know, it's, a, it's an interactive film. And at that time, you know, Bandersnatch had just come out. So this was January 2019 when John reached out and it um, December 2018 was when Bandersnatch had released. So it was kind of something which had been put on the global map literally right literally a month prior to this conversation starting out and sort of I've always been sort of a casual gamer as well as a you know a film fan so it was kind of and even in my film work with White Chamber and other things I always played around with sort of story structure and you know all you know fragmented timelines and I always was playing around with structure so I think my mind was already kind of geared in a similar in a way that was you know 
able to adapt to what the you know the requirements of being able to handle branching narrative and stuff like that with interactive so i kind of you know i grabbed the bull by the horns so to speak even though at that time even though bandersnatch had just come out and wales interactive who were doing the publishing on um the complex which was the project was which was the project had done um late shift which had released in like i think 2016 or something there wasn't really a language written at that time um like or like you know a, a widespread language that everybody knew so i kind of had it was it was exciting and a bit intimidating at that point because you're kind of going into it and you're like i don't really know where to start when with regards to sort of adapting a script and you know and 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 then how you carry that forward to shooting and so on and so forth so it was kind of a real sort of i was yeah being chucked out of the nest and being expected to fly but um you know over the you know that one turned out really well and since then it was kind of and i think because they go straight out to the gaming community they get released to a whole new audience um uh that i think that there were and there is there is a quite a, a hunger within with, for the niche in some ways so that it kind of meant i was able to then sort of go on to do five dates which was the which was the follow up to the complex that we shot in lockdown 2020 um i also did a short with with um goodgate and wales interactive called death trap dungeon the golden room and then now i've i've set up my own production company with my with my dad um and we made the gallery so this is our first project sort of on our own and and we and, and also five dates i've just wrapped um a couple of months ago on a sequel to that called 10 dates which is now in 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 the edit so it's kind of been the most since january 2019 up until now it's sort of been a really productive period of my career just being exclusively involved in this interactive uh, interactive film niche so yeah it's been a it's been a it's been a really interesting journey which i um, i'm really enjoying um continuing and you know Stornoway were you know i think it was february 2020 when rue and i first connected on the gallery and that's just been such a you know it's, it's kind of revolutionized the workflow but i'm sure we'll get onto that um shortly yeah yeah so I, I just backtrack. How many how many projects have you made since twenty nineteen? <laughs> so, so I did. I've done the complex, uh, which was a feature. Five dates, which is a feature. Death Trap Dungeon, the Golden Moon, which was a short. Um, the Gallery, which is a feature, and uh, Ten Dates, which is a feature. So five, three of which have been released, uh, and two of which are well, the Gallery is hopefully releasing within the next few months, and then um, yeah, Ten Dates will. I don't know, maybe towards the end of this year or beginning of next year. And I mean, you say they're features, but also they are, like they have many hours of gameplay and many yes. hours. Like, yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, the gallery has five hours and eight minutes of content that is, you know, in total of which you will then experience in various different configurations that will be around a 70 to 80 minute playthrough. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay, so that, it sounds like, Productive is definitely one one word to describe that that period for you. Um, so yeah, I, I really I want to uh, I want to talk about Stornoway and how that collaboration worked. But to, before we just go go into that, or, or maybe as a way to go into that, tell me about the gallery. What what was the what was your vision behind this project? This is the first one where you're you're doing it in your own production company. What was it you wanted to achieve with that? And tell, tell me about how it came about. Well, first and foremost, with the gallery, it was a project. It's kind of been a passion project of mine since, like, I think it was about 2015, 2016, when I first sort of got the idea, which 
I'm, yeah, I know it sounds ridiculous. It came to me and it was the, the, the idea of it. I dreamt it. <laughs> and then it was one of those where you like dream and you wake up and you like scramble for your phone and then write it down. And then the next morning you're like trying to decipher what you wrote. And, and then you, you kind of like you run from there. But yeah, since then, it, you know, it, the hostage thriller has always been a, you know, a subgenre, I guess, of the thriller genre that I've really loved. It's been, you know, so, some of the like I think of things like phone booth. I think of things like buried, which I mean, it, it's kind of a, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it is a it is a hostage thriller as well. So you know, there are loads of loads of hostage thriller films that I grew up really really enjoying. So I always want to make one of my one of my own. And 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 I guess you know, art has been something that was always kind of an interest to me as well, especially portraiture. So um, it was just kind of a melding of two things I was really interested in. Um, but it was always it, it, so it started out as a linear project that I want I wanted to to make and it, it sort of for, for whatever reason it didn't it, the, the pieces never fell in place to make it um properly so until like it, it came to a point where I was like I knew I was setting up my production company and I was like okay what's the first project we want to do and I and I had you know I had a few of these scripts that I'd written and the gallery was always you know top of those scripts that I wanted to make and I was like okay perhaps this would, you know, I could interactivate it. I could adapt it to being an interactive film. And yeah, as you know, for the, for the genre that it is and what I've been learning from making all these interactive films is that you know, I guess it's the thing that you set out as a screenwriter that you always need to make, you know, your stories have stake and have, you know, and, and have high, high, high stakes choices for the protagonist to make. So in the same way that with an interactive, you know, any story that has, you know, stakes and you know stakes on each decision that protagonists make and you're just giving that agency on those decisions to the audience so that's why it works in you know and hostage thrillers sci-fi thrillers rom-coms because you know if you're going on a date with someone it's just a series of micro high stakes decisions that you're making as you're sort of going through things which is why five dates worked um in it really well in the in in the format as well so I, it was just kind of a natural fit and it felt like the right time that the gallery could be interactivated effectively um, and just built out and expanded and we were able to sort of explore the themes um, even more deeply and interestingly with with when by melding it with the interactive format yeah and what, at what point did you then start working with stored away on the project so funnily enough we'd 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 started shooting and it was, so we shot, um, 2020, uh, 2021, February to March. And it was, I remember it, but it was, I think it was February. It was, it was Valentine's day, 2021 that, uh, that, that sort of way followed. I think it was the, you guys followed me on Twitter. And then I saw, and then I saw, I looked at Storm and I was like, oh my God, this is like a company that is strangely doing the exact niche thing that I, I need because, and, you know, being able to author and build your own interactive narrative was something, it wasn't the workflow that I'd done previously. Uh, up until then, I was sort of doing the edits and stitching the scenes together and, and, and putting them side by side on Avid with my editor just to make sure they flowed into each other. But it was kind of, and then we handed it over to the games publishing company and then they built the engine, but I never had an insight into that side of things at any point until, you know, the offline edit, basically. Whereas what Stornoway did was it, it was literally such a, this web-based user, extremely user-friendly um, me me mechanism by which I could literally build the gallery the, the, the flow chart. So the, the way you write the script is you write a flow chart, which with all your scenes are linked together, then you write the script. 
So I could literally, while we were shooting, it was this easy, like working like full shooting days um, to get like, to shoot about sort of 10 pages a day, basically. But I was still, it was still so easy for me to come home at, in the evening and still kind of build this thing on Stornoway from my flowchart and build it. And then event, and literally while we were still shooting, I had the Stornoway build and our editor was sending across rough cuts while we were shooting of scenes. And I was able to literally start dropping them in and have a playable set of sections as we shot playable interactive versions of it so i could literally go and show the actors this is what we're making this is how the scenes are going to flow into each other this is what it looks like so i was able to go and show the cast for the first time ever show my cast and the crew this is how it's going to all work it's all working together this is the kind of thing so they actually had a very clear visual of what we were making and how it would work as we were doing it so and then that kind of just carried through you know having that as a blueprint having that stornaway build has just really made the workflow across the back end as well completely um, seamless because everyone's been singing from the same song, song sheet. Yeah. So it's like it's like your blueprint for the, for the story to start with, mm. which then you can – then you, you, add, you layer the script mm. on top of that, and then you can also input the video as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Amazing. Rue, is that how, how was, uh, it feels like Stornowave has accelerated rapidly in the last couple of years. What's, tell me about the, you know, was that always your vision for the platform, people using it like Paul is? Yes, you, you were talking, you know, earlier about whether, about this being a new genre, a new format, new, you know, I, the word that we tend to use now is category. It feels like a new category of, of content that's complementary to the other things, and I think the way that we think of and have thought about Stornoy always as a as a new category of video editor. You know, there have been these ages, these eras of, of editing that have gone through film. I've been lucky enough to do all of them: film cutting and uh, and also a bit of tape cutting and reel to reel tape, and then nonlinear editing. And you know, as all of these, as all of the platforms that everything sit on, move onto these amazingly seamless touch enabled streaming platforms with broadband and 5g the ability to create interactive experiences even just the links at the end of videos that take you on to the next thing you know previously everything has been made as single individual clips that get posted into places and now everything is getting linked up and i i think you know what we wanted to do my background as a filmmaker shooting and cutting on 16 mil and then you know working in in technology workflow for for edits is is trying to enable creators to do exactly what Paul's doing, to be able to edit together interactive experiences without having to do any coding and in a way that sits in the workflow so that you can do it while you're shooting, you can use it to plan, you can bring it into the edit and it can form a kind of game engine, a codeless game engine backbone for your offline, for your online, you know, all of final posts that Paul is doing. And then you can either deliver it via Stornoway or you can then deliver it out to another platform. So that, you know, the project file, like with a, like with an EDL or, you know, like with any kind of uh, interoperable standard post-production data format, you can take the Stornoway project out and put it into something else. And, and what we uh, are using unity to do that. Um, and, and Paul and, and uh, Edge Loop, who he's working with are using unity to create the, the package that goes out to all of the apps, but he's sort of brought in the Stornoway project as stitched together and as edited, um, then to be delivered out that way. And we have a, a Unity package that means you don't have to use Unity, which 
everybody opens up and freaks out as soon as they open. You don't need to know any of the coding. You just drop it into the plugin and then you've got a packageable app that you can then turn into, use Unity's ability to turn into all these different things. And, and having that ability to, you know, the difference between, I guess, other platforms who have done, that have done interactive in the past have always been constrained by having to deliver to that platform, like a wall garden platform. And the way that, that uh, post-production and film production has to work is you don't know what platform you're going to be delivering to, or you need to be able to deliver and package out to multiple different TV platforms. So, so you know, that workflow and flexibility was part of that, but making it really easy for creatives and not using lots of technology that makes them feel sad. Which is which is key. Tell me, tell me about the so the Unity part. That's really interesting. Um, so is that in effect um, piecing it all together? So you have the choices, you know, appear in a, in a in the format, and you can the user they can click on those and all of that side of it. Yeah, I mean, the core part of I mean, it's still always going to change a lot over the course of uh, the next few years as well. But, um, you know, the core part of it is creating a, essentially a branching narrative with choices on screen that you click on to. And people are using, you know, obviously Paul is using it in in to create entertainment, you know, TV, video games, full motion video games. There are lots of people making it, you know, we have 10,000 plus users now using it in, education and training and you know people using social media and lots of people doing very different things with it but the core of it is you're connecting up different clips with links between them that appear on screen and and that and the Stornoway game engine does all of that behind the scenes you draw it out in a story map with these things called story islands that are little blocks of content and you tie them together visually and then you just click play and it's instantly playable and you've got a playable interactive experience the, the unity part of it is that you're re- we've recreated that part of the game engine in Unity already, so you don't have to do anything else. Basically, whatever you see in the Stornoway web player, you can export your project file, drop it into Unity, and then instantly everything that you've designed in Stornoway is vis- visible and playable in exactly the same way within the Unity playback engine. And also, it's coded in a way that Unity has, has done all of this amazing work on packaging out to iOS and Android and Apple TV and uh, PlayStation and Xbox and all these things. So, so the coding doesn't have to be redone. We've kind of got that package there. And, and, and we will do it in uh, uh, Unreal as well. It just is about, man- at the moment, it's about managing, you know, we have to match what's in Unity to what's in Stornoway. And as we grow out, we'll do it out to those things. It doesn't really matter about it being versus Unity versus Unreal so much at the moment because you're not really having to do any specific coding in it. You're just literally taking what you've made in, in Stornoway and being able to, to, you know, deliver it in multiple different places at once. I think, you know, one of the things that Paul said um, in the last time we were talking together was about this direct-to-consumer opportunity for filmmakers that is, uh, you know, as, as streaming platforms have taken taken the revenue stream directly to themselves. You know, we've lost the ability to be able to sell DVDs directly. I'm going to talk for you, Paul, but you're more eloquent about it than that. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's, I think that's one of the areas that, that I think it's appealing to a lot of in, independent filmmakers. 
uh, is that, you know, with the, the way we are now is obviously there's no DVD market. There's, you know, there's very limited opportunities to sell on things like iTunes and Amazon and, you know, get, get thing, get revenue from there. And obviously cinema now is, you know, very hard to access, especially if you're an independent project. Um, it feels like, yeah, the only way, I mean, one of the very few ways to get your, you know, your product out there is, is, um, is is on the is a, is a streaming deal and you know and then obviously you know that the the the, the, I, the return on investment for you know investors and producers and stuff on that is kind of it's 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 up in the air so it, it, being able to make something that you can you know you can you can put yourself out to a huge audience in the gaming audience is is is, is the biggest audience really at the moment and they consume independent projects they are very open to consuming independent projects and you know buying units you know paying you know buying things unit by unit um as opposed which is kind of like how the dvd market was sort of 15 20 years ago so it, it, it's you're, you're going out to a huge a huge audience who who are very hungry and open to new new forms of content in that way which is very exciting um for independent filmmakers and and, and game producers and, and everything like that so it's just it's yeah it's thrown away and and, and being a, and, and unity in itself the way that it can export to playstation xbox nintendo switch uh, Android, iOS um, is, is 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 very exciting, and Steam, of course, which is the you know the, the biggest the biggest one um, in that sense. So it, it's kind of it's been it's been it's been really interesting being able to branch over to a whole new audience um, as well. Yeah, no, that's that's really exciting, and so I suppose so. All of those platforms, some of them have uh, gatekeepers, I suppose, if you like, and some of them less so maybe like steam but is, is it then about how you find yourself how you you get discovered on the platforms mm. is that how have you found what have you found that's been successful in terms of your projects finding that audience there and and also another part of that question are you able to sort of uh, engage with that audience directly as well do you get like feedback or are you able to capture their email addresses or anything like that so you can keep that discussion yeah i mean i think it, it's it's a, it's an interesting it's a really interesting question which again loops back to why it's so exciting being able to tap into a whole new audience because i, I guess you know obviously gamers you know it, it's it's all it's it's all people of of all ages but that definitely i've noticed sort of like gen z the youth sort of you know you're talking that that 14 to 25 year old bracket um who are gen, gen z are that you know video games is now kind of the top of what the content that they're, they're consuming you know and and they are extremely active on social media and you know things like that so what we found is is you know organic growth and organically finding an audience is so on on gaming platforms is it's it's really things like twitch where twitch a twi if, a, if a popular twitch streamer streams a game and it, and it you know it, it get their viewers start seeing it or and they, and they put a tweet out about it or you know if it gets viral on twitter or you know a, a clip of it goes viral on tiktok or a sound from it goes viral on tiktok we're finding that you know th there are so many interesting organic ways via social media word of mouth more for independent games more so than anything as well as sort of the communities that they have on platforms like steam like that you know the rating system on steam is, is 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 massive because you know there's a huge culture of writing reviews and you know message boards and stuff like that so it's it, it's actually you know obviously you know the the films that i've been the interactive films i've been involved in live action video games they've all you know we've had 
PR PR campaigns and, and marketing campaigns, very, very small because of it's still working at a low budget indie level. But the organic growth of it and the organic thing of people finding it and 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 it, and it kind of you know, like five dates was a big hit in Turkey because some of the big Turkish streamers streamed it and 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 their audiences really loved it and and it kind of it's it it really became a quite a popular game there. So it, it it's it, it's a really interesting it's a really interesting thing and there's no real you know I can't I couldn't really give you an exact answer of how to build a successful campaign because a lot of these things are organic which is which is also very exciting for independent filmmakers if you don't have a massive pr budget or a massive um budget like that because these you know there are other ways that these things can can happen yeah but it's um i think you compare that like you said to finding an audience for a movie mm. and the idea of you could do something fairly organically for a, for a film mm. is is really um very very difficult i think so that's really that's really exciting so you so when you're positioning it to those audiences or you know the, the proposition for them is that is it is it like this is a game or i or how do you how do you describe it uh, what, what 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 what's the how do you describe the format to the audience so I've always found, felt that the, the format is it's, it's its own thing. It's, it's, a, it's a confluence between film and game. And if you've got like a spectrum here, we like to think we sit right in the middle. Um, and then you've got film here, you've got game there. And I think these are two, they are two formats that over the past few years have been trying to, you know, becoming, coming closer and closer together and collaborating, whether you're talking about, you know, film games having more cinematic cutscenes and longer cutscenes and motion capturing you know famous actors and things like that or you're talking about on the film side of things video game adaptations um you know think, you think of something like free guy which is the the, the ryan reynolds film which is basically you know it's a it, he is it, it's set in a massive video game um story structures are becoming quite gamey in in certain in in films as well or you think about something like the witcher which is which is another big video game and novel um adaptation so i think these are two formats that have been trying to coalesce over the over the past few years and I think that, you know, the live action video game or, you know, interactive film, whichever, whatever term you want to use for it, is that perfect confluence because it is it is both in some ways. And, you know, within that spectrum, you can you can, you know, veer a little bit closer to the film side and make something a bit more cinematic, which I think the complex was and, and the gallery is. And or you could have something that's slightly more heavier on the game mechanics and a little bit more gamified. Um, you know, some people have said that that five dates might sit in that camp. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it is its own kind of new format. And, it, you know, if it, I would say it is, it is kind of a fusion of both film and game at the same time. I wouldn't say it's one or the other. You're listening to Future of Film podcast with me, Alex Stolson, in conversation with Ruhau and Paul Rashid talking about the future of interactive filmmaking. If you're enjoying the show, why not sign up for our monthly email newsletter, which you can do at futureoffilm.live. When you're um, creating these projects, Paul, what are the, what are the biggest challenges uh, for you, I suppose, as a, a writer initially? How do you... There's obviously yeah, there's there's some some of the challenges I guess Stornoway is solving, but they're still thinking about the the storyline. What mm. yeah, what what do you wrestle with? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, right the way through is, you know, it, you have to deal with the fact that you have to shoot a lot more content. You know, you, there is, you have to have more content. But in some ways that is quite liberating from the writing point of point of view, because, you know, obviously I'm speaking to a room full of, of, of filmmakers and, and, and screenwriters and you, you guys will know more than anything that, you know, when you are writing, you are planning out your screenplay, you, you have a multitude of ideas of how a scene can pan out and what a character can say or do or, you know, what could happen. But you always then have to hone in on one thing that you choose. Whereas with the interactive element, when I'm building a flowchart at the start, I could have about three or four ideas and I could include all of them as separate branches as a decision that get that could get made right at the beginning or something that happens as a consequence that happens before that that you may or may not have done before that can you know and you can you don't need to throw out throw out all of those ideas necessarily and it's something that actors I've found find really liberating in a similar kind of way because they have the equivalent they have their rehearsal period you know where they will then explore a character and explore kind of different ways they could take the character and different ways they could react in a situation and explore them emotionally and they don't necessarily need to chuck all of that stuff out after the rehearsal period um, as they would do, you know, if they were shooting a linear film where they, again, they have to make sort of end up, make a choice of how they interpreted a scene um, that, you know, they can, they could explore all of it. So it, it, it's, it's, it's liberating. I mean, I'd, I'd say the workload is, is higher, obviously, but in some ways it is, it is a lot more creatively liberating because you can, you can work with more of your ideas. You have to get, you have to chuck out less of your ideas basically. So um, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's kind of, there's, there's, there's pros and cons. <laughs> yeah. Rue, what's, um, what's your observation from, um, from filmmakers uh, tackling this space? I think that Paul, you know, Paul's massive experience and the way that he's devised his own workflow, you know, a, a while ago now and has gone through this many times, he has a lot to, uh, he has a lot of great wisdom about this and anybody in the group should definitely pick his brains about anything if you're if you're embarking on anything that feels in any way branching I, you know I think getting to know him as he was in the process of shooting the gallery with its five hours and content in a six-week shoot in COVID getting it all in the can and it all being great and not just that but doing it across two different timelines where one you know I don't think he's mentioned but one part of the story happens in 1981 and the other one happens in 2021 um, and the and the same protagonists reverse roles so you choose to be at the beginning of the film you choose to be the man or the woman as the protagonist and that means that you see the whole thing in 2021 or 1981 it's it's a great concept carried out really well but it basically meant that he not only was shooting you know more than a feature for once he was doing the same thing twice in two different time zones and uh that level of organization i mean obviously he had great he has a great producer um but he you know he was able to conceive of all of that that preparation is obviously massively important and and i know that i you know to, from one of the motivations to get to, to to build stornoway is being around people who are trying to get their heads around this without the tools and without the planning um is people can go you know charlie brooker talked about making band snatch you know sending everybody bananas because they just couldn't get their head around it they didn't have the tools they, you know, he, nobody knew what was going on. The actors didn't really know what was going on. Um, and that's not, doesn't, you know, and there have been some other stories like that from the past. Uh, and I think that we're developing, as Paul talked about, language, workflow that will help people get the most out of it and stay sane. Um, you, you, you've just finished shooting a novel, haven't you, Paul? 
Yeah, yeah. So the yeah, thank thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, the um, the ten dates, which was the sequel to Five Dates, yeah. which again is is it's as you can imagine by the title, it's doubling the amount of content that was in Five Dates to ten. Um, yeah. so it's yeah, it, it's it, it is yeah, it is you have to shoot a lot more content, but you know there is a way to do it and there is a workflow to it, and 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 you know I think we've uh, you know with 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 Stornway playing a huge part in that, especially at the back end. Um, that has now kind of become more seamless in my mind of how to do it. So hopefully that will encourage, there's a blueprint now and that will encourage more people to get involved because, you know, I, I just think it's a format that I believe in and I think, you know, there's a growing appetite for it. Um, you know, it's, it's it, as I said, I think, you know, I've been on interviews before where people have been like, oh, do you think it's going to replace normal films or do you think it's going to replace, I don't think it's going to replace anything. It's it's its own, it's its own form of content. I think we live in an age where everyone is consuming so much content I mean, last week I was watching four four different TV shows at kind of at the same time that I had to get through. So we're, we're all, you know, consuming content has become, you know, the prim, premier pastime of us as a as a society. So you know, there's 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 only space. There can only be space for more more things to come to to for people to experience and enjoy in different ways. Yeah. Um, so that's why you know I think I I really hope more people get into it and you know that there'll be more projects out there that ex, that explore different genres and structures and. And all sorts. So um, yeah, no, I, I think it's it's exciting times for the interactive format. Uh, definitely old school, uh, particularly TV people, but film and TV people have, you know, from the '90s through to the noughties, were obsessed with this idea of lean back versus lean forward. The idea mm-hmm. that you know we were going to stop leaning back and everybody was going to be leaning forward. It was this sort of binary thing. And uh, and you still hear people talk about that. You know, when you when when new people come to, as if they haven't noticed that everybody has an infinite amount of interactive content in their hands all the time that they're constantly engaging in interaction with stuff that we live in this space where we're not leaning back or leaning forward sometimes you want to veg out and binge watch strange things and sometimes you want to uh you know skim through an infinite amount of tiktok or at least different things have different modes of mind yeah yeah i'm interested that um the five and ten dates have uh have done particularly well because I would we I I wouldn't have assumed that romance would have been the natural um you know format or natural genre for this format mm. um but yeah tell me you know that that's really really interesting tell me you know what other genres you'd like to explore and I suppose why you think the romance one worked particularly well well, yeah, it's an interesting, I guess it loops back to what I was saying before about that the format lends itself to, you know, anything that has high stakes is, is, is you know, high stakes decisions. And that, you know, as any screenwriter wants to make, no matter what genre they're writing, they should be including those that that that, that those beats in their, in their story. So, um, and that, you know, whether that is life or death in a horror film, you know, you're being chased by a killer and you, you know, do you, do you hide or do you keep running? Um, or, you know, you're sitting at a date opposite someone and, you, you know, you're attracted to them and you want to get them to, you know, you want things to go well and try and make sure that there's chemistry between you and, and ignite a spark. Every decision you make in that pressure cooker environment is high stakes as well to the player. So it's, it, it was, it wasn't, yeah, it was something that I sort of in theory thought was like, okay, this could work. And especially, you know, you know, there was lots of people who, um, you know, I mean, Love Island, which is playing at the moment, is like, you know, it's people, you know, in the nation love it. So, you know, it, it, and you think of reality, dating shows, 
like you know the bachelor the bachelorette i mean that you know i could go on and on about all these popular dates so it is a it's a genre within you know film reality tv tv that has you know until the from the start of time to the end of time will always be popular so why not in the interactive format i thought and, and that worked really well but like i said you know one of the most influential projects on me in learning the language was um until dawn which was a which is which is a video oh, game but yeah. it's mocap you know rami malek's mocap in it hayden panetti's mocap in it as well as sort of very well known other well-known um film and tv uh, actors so it was kind of a very good crossover project maybe again on that spectrum leaning a lot more to the game side of things but it was very cinematic in in in, in its in its guise and they just released one of the um successes to it the quarry which released a couple of uh, a, a couple of weeks ago i think so you know that and that's those those are horror films and, and again the gallery's a hostage thriller i'd love to uh, experiment with i'd love to try and tackle comedy next like i really think that would be a genre i really want to kind of engage in and, and see how it pans out but i just think like i said um any any genre which has high stakes decisions which most you know most film scripts need to have in anyway so in theory any any genre could work interactive we just yeah we just we just want more people to be out there going out and, and making it happen yeah yeah I, I love it well um do you think the the streaming platforms are going to start adopting this a bit more obviously we had the the, the band snatch moment and there's been other uh projects on netflix in particular using the tools yeah do you think that's like inevitable they'll start taking it up or do you think it will be you know more of this direct to consumer approach you'll be that's a a good question i think ruse 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 probably better qualified to sort of answer how that's going in the future because i think what stornaway has done is i think a lot of the problem was that it's the back end you know, because, you know, prior to something like Stornoway, it was all, you know, build it on Unity, game engines. Then how do you put that, implement that game engine into a streaming platform? Whereas, you know, the, you know, the genius of Stornoway is that it's web-based and it is, you know, which was, you know, like even for me, what in 2021, I'd never had something as easily accessible or, you know, when we did build it, we were able to send links of the Stornoway build to people to play it through, which again was something I, I'd never had the ability to do before, because if anybody was like, oh, I want to check it out, you know, you know, potential investors or people like, or film festival programmers, it was always like, oh, so you've got to download Steam and yeah, here's a Steam key and you've got to put the Steam key in and, and you know, it's going to down, it's going to be like 10 gigs downloading onto your your, your laptop or whatever. And, and and then people are just like, yeah, no, <laughs> I was not, not interested in that. So with, with something like Stornoway, like I really feel like, you know, Rude, um, take the reins um, here. Yeah. It's opened a lot of doors in bridging that gap between, you know, on, on the back end kind of on the back end of things. I hope so. That's definitely the idea. And it's a long game, you know, we're playing a long game with this. I I think, um, you know, Netflix are entirely data-driven and they are undergoing their own headwinds and their own issues at the moment. But it's, re- you know, they've been really quietly making, everybody knows about Banner Snatch and it won the best em- the Emmy for best TV movie, not interactive thing. You know, every, all the other interactive things have always won interactive awards. This won the main event TV movie award and everybody knew about it. It was a viral hit. But actually, they've also been quietly working away on like 25 plus other shows uh, and series that have been released so far um, that people don't really know about. A lot of them are aimed at kids and kids love them and they're built on the top of other brands. And it's because they are a churn buster. 
you know, the thing that Netflix is constantly trying to do is find other ways to engage people, to incentivize them to subscribe, but also to, you know, incentivize them to not unsubscribe. And and that's why they're also investing in games really heavily and buying a game studio. And so I expect to see a lot more from that, from them. And they're talking about, they went quiet for a little while because they didn't want to reveal their kind of strategic secret weapon. So they started to talk about it a lot more now that they need to tell their investors not to run away. Um, and and I think the other platforms were waiting to see what way the wind was blowing with them. You know, as we've, we've been in continuous conversations with a lot of the other big platforms and they've had other problems to deal with in, during during lockdown, but they have different projects and different stages of, of development. And a lot of that is, you know, for some of the bigger platforms, delivering out an interactive player as part of their main platform on every device is a is a challenge. Um, and Netflix decided boldly because they're, content and product product departments work very closely together to only release on certain platforms. And I think other people who shall remain nameless, quite a lot of them, you know, want to do everything universally on all platforms. And that's always a bit of a challenge. So, so I think it's going to happen. It's just going to take a while. But also they just need to see the chicken and egg thing of the demand for the content and the need for it and how it will work. You know, all commissioners instantly think, well, it means I'm going to have to shoot 10,000 times as much because it just keeps branching and branching and branching. And you have to have the stories like Paul's. You know, there are some, weirdly, Britain is this crazy bubble of interactive filmmaking expertise. There's Paul and Sam Barlow who made her story and is just releasing this new film um, that I can't remember the name of. Um, and uh, and there's Flavorworks, you know, who made Erica and they've made a new series um, as well that, that they're coming out with. Um, that are also based in the UK and Wales Interactive, who Paul's done a lot of work with, released a, released a whole sort of stable of different films. Paul, you know, Paul's helmed a, a lot of the big ones, but you know, they they're across a lot of different things. And as that comes out, as you look on the Steam charts, you know, you can't see a lot of the activity. But if you look in Steam Spy and you see the revenues that these films are making, there are a lot of film. You know, there are a stack of a few few dozen films out there that have made a million dollars in revenues just from steam and that doesn't include ios or android store or playstation or xbox so there's some profitable business out there to be had and obviously some of the companies that are in there are, are talking to production companies about that and and they you know they're they're holding the holding the reins on all of that that's great it'll unlock as people as the technology becomes available i know you know the bbc have been interested in this but they've been struggled to get their producers to understand what the potential is um, to use their amazing in-house technology that they built that we also, you know, can integrate with. And and so that, as that chicken and egg thing unlocks, as more content gets made, the demand will be shown, and then the technology people inside the companies will say, oh, maybe we should put more effort into that. But that's over the course of, you know, interactivity in our media platforms is not going away. And I think we'll probably see more of it emerging in things like TikTok. You know, we're already seeing stuff using YouTube's quite limited interactivity. Um, you know, Vimeo, like Vimeo just um, Vimeo just rolled out um, interactive yeah. boards that you can you can do on 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 there. They did. They just they just bought um, Wirewax, who are an amazing um, interactive video tools for sort of shoppable video, particularly. But you know, do do lots of branded content, and they've incorporated their editor into Vimeo for enterprise customers. So I think you, the starting price is like ten thousand pounds or something. So you have to be. You know, you have to be a serious big brand wanting to get involved with it. But it, it's there. It's one of, again, like Netflix, Vimeo's share price has gone from $50 to $6 over the course of the last year. And it's one of the things they're shouting about. They're like, transform your video by enriching it, by allowing access to it. You know, um, people are using it for all kinds of ways to just like get 
unlock content, get deep into it, allow layers to it, connect it all up in ways that make sense to us because there shouldn't be this binary world of like websites or this thing with text with videos embedded on it and videos are just like dumb blocks that sit without anything on it. You know, you pause an Amazon video and you get now all of the people in it uh, and all of those kind of layers of stuff are, are just going to keep on locking over the next few years. Yeah, it certainly feels like it's the direction of travel rather than the, the opposite way. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jack Attridge and Sam Barlow. We got um, yes. episodes of uh, them on the Feature of Film podcast. So we've definitely... Um, been exploring this as well over the last couple of years. Um, so, Paul, I'd just like to to end this really inspiring and fascinating conversation with you, if I may. Um, to to you know, to tell me what's next. What are your what are your ambitions and uh, aspirations for your future projects? Uh, well, next for the rest of the year, once you know, once the gallery's out and and ten dates have finished the post on that, take a little break because. <laughs> That's that's sort of the next that's the next uh, that's the next step in the immediate future. But I think you know I've got I've got you know projects that I want to that I've got that um, in the pipeline that I just I I I, I want to make next. Uh, I want to explore different genres, like I said, comedy, uh, animation. I'd love to you know explore two D and three D animation as an interactive film because again you know at the end of the day those are the ones where you know you you can really expand the possibilities of what happens because um and and it's kind of harking back to the origins of the genre so you know actually this is in some ways the second wave of interactive films because in the 90s um Kate of Stornoway actually has done an amazing uh history of the FMV um or live action video game uh, available on YouTube if anyone wants to check that out which tracks sort of the origins of it back from the from the 80s I think it was when they had like Dragon Quest Dragon's Lair, was, like a, was it? Dragon's yeah. Lair, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which was like a 2D, you know, a really cool. And they actually played it on Stranger Things, didn't they? The kids were playing it in, in an arcade. So, you know, I'd love to sort of do something which was kind of, you know, explore anime, animation um, as an interactive, as well as, you know, different genres. So there are a few, I've got a few things in the, you know, scripts that are sort of like in development and stuff like that that are in the pipeline that I kind of just want to, and then just see what the next, what the next correct step to do is. Amazing. Uh, it sounds so exciting. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for this. Congratulations on the gallery. Uh, I can't wait to play it, experience it. And, yeah, great to also catch up with you, Rue, and hear all of the progress on Stornoway. Um, but, yeah, fantastic to hear what you're up to, guys. Thanks for joining the Future of Film podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Cheers. Thank you, Alex. This episode was recorded as part of Future of Film Incubator 2022, was made possible by our founding partners, Autodesk, NVIDIA, Dell Technologies, Garden Studios, and Epic Games and Unreal Engine. You can find out more about Future of Film Incubator and all of our other activities at the home of Future of Film, futureoffilm.live. So that's it for this episode. Thank you again for listening. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the podcast very soon.